Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers, a podcast for women of color and first gen who are breaking generational cycles and glass ceilings by going places no one before them has ever gone. I'm your host, leadership coach and eldest daughter of immigrants, Mariella Delamora. I left a 16 year marketing career to create a multiple six figure a year coaching business as a single mom. Each week, you'll learn how to build unshakable self trust, become in demand, lead with confidence, and make more money by being more of who you are. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to bring you our guest today. She means so much to me, and you're going to learn all about her, who she has been to me, who she is within Reclamation, and just a lot of things I think that we all can kind of take away about what is really necessary behind like growth and expansion beyond strategy and really things that have changed my life personally. Today, we are with Yuritsi Gomez Serrano, and she is a somatic coach for entrepreneurs. She was my somatic coach for all of last year, like all of 2022. And it was because I was at a time where I was just asking myself to, you know, grow my business. And I felt like I just didn't feel safe to do that. I felt like I spent most of my time in like what I now know is fight or flight and that that's sort of what I spent most of my life doing and that I spent very little time actually feeling good and sort of waiting around until I felt like capable of doing things and the rest of the time like not really feeling good and it just didn't feel sustainable. And I'd tried therapy, I'd worked with a life coach, I'd done all these things and just organically meeting Yudi and feeling so safe with her and realizing that like there's something more like I'm actually feeling almost like not safe to receive the things that I want and not safe to be seen in the way that I want to be seen. And so like working with her, I will say forever, like absolutely changed my life. I'm still forever changed to this day. It is why I invited Yudi to be part of Reclamation as our somatic coach, but she also joined the program. So she's also been a member of Reclamation from the very first round. I'm happy to say she, she'll she be with us next year and we'll talk more about that. But it meant so much that she joined the program because she literally saw me like, I don't want to say at my worst, but like my most vulnerable. And it just goes to show that like you do not need to be this perfect polished person for people to want to work with you, that like your humanity and your honesty is also leadership. And I want to share more examples that kind of like break the mold of what we think we need to do and who we think we need to be in order to succeed and in order to make money and in order to be entrepreneurs. So she recently transitioned from therapist to full-time coach for entrepreneurs. She's hit 100K in the last six months. There's just so much that I, I cannot wait to share with you today. So with that Welcome, welcome, Yudi, and thank you, thank you for being with us today. I'm so excited to be here. Mariela is one of my favorite people, so I, with no doubt, and I was so excited to record this episode with her, and especially so excited that she that that you launched your podcast. Oh, it's going to be such an amazing thing for so many people. I feel like you were one of the people that I thought about when I was like, I literally want to launch a podcast just to have this conversation with you <laughs> because we have conversations like in reclamation, like one off that I know is like so powerful for people. So it's become this thing of like more people need to hear this. And so this was always something that was like on my heart that I was like, we we need to have these conversations. So yeah, I'm I'm just really excited for everything that we're gonna talk about today. So what we're gonna do for our chat today is just we're going to open with like, I want to hear your experience firstly in Reclamation and like how you've grown and celebrate some of the huge milestones that you've hit recently. And then I want to talk about your work, who you serve, how you serve them, like what you're seeing in the community that you serve, like in the world in terms of like people awakening to their bodies and themselves and their emotions and you know, instead of putting them in a box and, you know, talk more about that work. I think with that, I would love to just hear you sort of introduce yourself and, you know, just a little bit about your story and what you do. Yes. As Mariela mentioned, I am a somatic coach for entrepreneurs. And previous to that, I was a licensed marriage and family therapist. I mean, I still am. I still hold my licensure, but I'm not practicing at the moment. I'm also similar to Mariela, eldest daughter. I'm an immigrant myself from Michoacan, Mexico. I grew up in the Bay Area. So we have a lot of similarities. And I was someone that I think from a very young age, 
I had a lot of anxiety. I mean, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD. So there, there was this, these messages consistently from my body in various ways where we're feeling unsafe or I don't know what to do. And, but I always tried, I think in the beginning of my personal development journey, you know, in your early twenties, like mind over matter, pushing through, gets the goal. That's where, where I was at, but my body was so exhausted and was like screaming. Like I would get really intense back pains and heart palpitations and inability to sleep. And there was only so much that my mind could try to control because there were these signals that my body was giving me that like, we're doing too much. Like this is not safe or we need to rest so many different, different signals. And after I got married, I joined or I did therapy and I also started my grad school program to be a therapist. And it was talk therapy. And I did talk therapy for about three years. It was so helpful at the time because at that time I needed that awareness, that connection to just even identifying like what's going on, what are the dynamics, what were the family patterns, but it's all like up here, right? It's all conscious level understanding, which is very important. It's part of the process. But then once I got pregnant and I had my baby, like it was so different because I was no longer able to control a lot of things. And I felt so overwhelmed. I felt so overwhelmed. What was happening at the time? Like when you were like saying you're overwhelmed, like kind of what were some of the things that you were seeing in your life? Because you were a therapist. You were a therapist at the time. Yeah, I was already a therapist. And how many clients were you serving as a therapist? Like kind of tell us a little bit about like what your day-to-day life was like at the time. Yeah, actually, I started off as a child therapist. So like like actually early child therapist. I was I would see clients that were two, two to five, six-year-olds. And that's what kind of motivated me to have a baby because I was like, oh, I, I'm getting, I'm understanding child development. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like I can do this. And then like it happened. And that was like a whole nother process because I was so used to fight or flight was very comfortable for me. Like I would, I would be working, um, whether that's being in school or at my job or at my internship 12 hours a day. So it was like just getting there, doing what I need to do. It was wild. Like what I put my body through during those years. And so then to go from that to then I'm pregnant and I can't really do much. It was almost like, it felt like a depression. It was like, what the hell do I do? Like, what do, what am I good for? You know, like the, there's so many thoughts. I was super adamant about having a vaginal birth with no intervention and everything. And that didn't happen. I ended up having a C-section and that whole, ex- the whole birthing experience like opened up trauma for me like there was a deep deep sense of unsafety and like disconnection from my body and I was like I had a really hard cuarentena (laughs) I really like it was really hard physically but also emotionally and so that's when I say almost like like the fourth trimester like what they call, call like the fourth trimester so it's like really it's after you give birth like you then have a different identity like you're almost having a complete different like identity shift where you're like now who am I as a mother now I have this little being that is relying on me my body feels different but you also were when you said like you were disconnected with your body did it almost like tell us a little bit about that because I feel yeah, like because now you I have had this prepared awareness. right I had prepared and I was doing all the right things quote unquote meditations all these things that I was supposed to do in order to help my body birth this baby in this way. And it was like, no girl, (laughs) we're not. It wasn't until years later, like this year, actually, I'm working with a trainer who's a biomechanics expert. They focus on making sure that your actual functioning and your muscles and everything are like at their optimal place in order for you to move in a way that doesn't cause pain. So when I told her everything, like what was going on, she's like, oh no, girl, if you would have forced yourself to birth that baby, you would have messed up your back because your body was not meant to have that baby in that way. And I was crying. I was crying. I felt so because I thought that my body was betraying me in a way. Like I did everything right. And that's why somatic work is so deep and powerful because the body's always going to remember like these deep, deep reasonings and trying to protect you. My body was just trying to protect me. It makes sense. Yeah. It was just trying to protect me from further pain and messing up my back. Yeah. 
And I love how like now you're able to see this, but like how validating that must have been to be like, my my body has always been talking to me. And I think that this is something that happens like in healing and just awakening to your body. The fact that I can even say, let's, for example, like past decisions where I'm like, oh my gosh, I, that's what not listening to my intuition actually felt like. It wasn't that I can't trust myself. It's that even in the decisions that I would change now, I was always in touch with my body. I just didn't, I didn't know how to read the signals, you know, and you listened and now you, you got validation years later that like your body was in fact talking to you and you were able to have your, your daughter safely. And it just awakened a bunch of deeper things that needed to be healed. So I did a lot of my own somatic healing work through EMDR and brain spotting around and EMDR sets for eye movement, desensitizing and reprocessing mouthful. And brain spotting, there are different modalities, basically approaches to connect to like the subcortical part of the brain and your nervous system to help process the feelings and the things that come up in traumas. And so I was able to do that work and get trained in that work. It just felt so aligned. And then I learned during that time, I learned from my family that like, oh yeah, well, we come from like healers. Like we we have body workers, we have curanderos, we have herbalists. I was like, oh, wow. Like, it's just like in my blood, like this kind of work. And it feels so, it fits like a glove. Like it just, I'm just meant to do this work. It just feels so natural. And even the way that I got here, I mean, I wanted to be an accountant or like with finance when I went into college. I'm so glad you did not become an accountant. The trajectory that my life had got, had to go through in order to get me where I am. And it was all the little like intuitive hits of like, maybe this or maybe that or maybe this that finally got me here. I believe that when we are, well, I say in touch with our bodies and ourselves, but I'd say even before we are, even before we are, right? When you were in in your head, shutting down emotions, powering through all of those things, even then somehow you were nudged in this direction of going from thinking you were going to be an accountant to now being a somatic coach and healer for many different types of people, now lots of entrepreneurs. But I honestly feel like when we are doing work that is for the greater good, that is breaking a cycle, that is almost righting wrongs, you know, things like that, that like we are supported and nudged. And there's always these little like tap, 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 almost like when you're bowling and the little like barriers are there to like help you make sure you go down the path. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if we're listening to them, they're always speaking to us. So I later in our episode, I want to ask you to anyone who's listening, um, we are going to talk about like, what is nervous system? What is our nervous system? What is somatic work? Mm -hmm. As we kind of talk more about your work, before we dive in, I wanted to just kind of quickly divert to your experience in reclamation and why you joined it. And it was important because you knew me and like you knew the space that I was wanting to create and kind of like the gap that I wanted to fill and like what I thought people needed. And obviously, I was a byproduct of that work because I came to you and was like, I I know that I need, I've done the talk therapy, I've done the life coaching, I've done these things, like I have this level of awareness, but I feel like there's a disconnect between what I want to do, what my mind wants to do, and what my body will like allow me to do. And so I believed in it because I was a byproduct of it. And so I wanted to just ask you, so like we worked together all of last year and I remember telling you like this mastermind was in me from like last summer and I was so scared to launch it because it meant so much to me that in a way that terrified me. And I just remember like our sessions were a place for me to openly just kind of envision and dream and and talk about like the work and to, to feel almost like worthy of being a shepherd of this work. And so many tears, so much that came from that that actually allowed me to feel safe to finally do it because I honestly think I would have kept like putting it off. So I want to credit you for that too, because I a lot of what I've been able to do has been creating the safety to do it. And so I would just love to know, like, tell us a little bit about your journey this year as a coach from like when you first joined, kind of how you've seen yourself grow this year and, you know, kind of some of the the biggest growth points and and milestones. Sure. So I started my business in 2021. I actually started offering retreats. So I did two retreats. And that was a very beautiful experience, but also I it became very aware that I needed to refine kind of like my approach or kind of get more clear on who is it that I wanted to serve and like how. So I then started offering one-on-one and my first, my first, it was more kind of life coaching. I mean, 
it kind of still is, but life coaching for people that are experiencing self-doubt. That was kind of like my first kind of niche or like focus. And so I was doing that, yeah, for about, I want to say a year. So I started October 2021 offering that. And then it was the end of, I think we had this conversation with the end of 2022 that I was like, I want to, I want to work with entrepreneurs because the majority of the people that were coming to me were entrepreneurs. And then I had like this deep connection to it too, because my dad has been an entrepreneur all his life and he goes through, I, I strongly believe he's neurodivergent as well. <laughs> like he's has ADHD and there were just things that happened. I mean, he, we lost basically all of our wealth during the housing market crash. And there was just so much that he went through yeah. that if someone were to have been there to support him or to help him understand, like, hey, these are trauma responses, like we can get back into it. Or like, I mean, to this day, he's still scared to charge a certain price for things because of what he's been through. So it was like, these people are coming to me. I find this deeper like sense of purpose based on like what my family and what my father went through. And so then I switched, I switched to working specifically. And not all of my clients are, are entrepreneurs. I actually work with a couple of nonprofit leaders, which has been really beautiful in helping them really step into their power and regulate their and support their nervous system as they're navigating, like leading this organization and doing like really beautiful work. But majority of my clients are, are entrepreneurs and I've, I've loved it so much. And I would say majority are also like doing kind of service type work. So whether that's coaching or therapy or that kind of work. So just like space holding. So there's like a lot in that. Yes. And just working with other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some of them have been life coaches, some business coaches, like a variety of, of people. When I joined Reclamation, I was like, all right, I'm going to go into this like full on. And then we had a conversation around like bringing me in as an in-house and I was like, yeah, you can bring me in, but I'm going to also be in it <laughs> because I was looking for a program, a mastermind, because I was already in like a business program, which is more for like starting off your business. And that helped me tremendously kind of set the foundation. And then I was like, I need something more to help me as I grow. And and I trust, I mean, obviously I, I got to know Mariela super deeply during that time that we worked together. and and her values and just her, the way that she, she coaches and how she interacts with us is never talking down. It's never, I have the answer. There's always like a sense of curiosity and service and love to all of the people that she serves. And so I was like, okay. And something, I, I don't think I put it to word, but I think, and you've named this multiple times, there has to be a sense of safety with your guide your mentor your coach in order for you to actually implement the things that they're teaching you in a way that's that feels empowering versus like oh i'm just checking these things off so i was like yeah of course like i'm gonna do it and so i joined and i think a big thing working through this has been a common theme of mine is is putting a lot on my plate so like overworking myself or just kind of doing the most <laughs> and so that's why I've used that term doing the most, like literally in my sales page, it's on there because so many of us, we're like uncomfortable with space. So it's like what you do with that space is so important because our default is to work hard in air quotes and do the most and fill up that time and all of that. And as we know, like if you want to make more money, but like not burn out and feel more peaceful, it's like it's what you do in that space. Right, exactly. And so that we've been working a lot on that. And you guys just holding space for me. And, and I made I had originally planned to quit therapy at the end of this year. So December, but then in as we were having these conversations around like so many things on my plate, like intuitively, I felt like I need to let therapy go sooner. I need to go. And I have so many thoughts and fears. And Mariela definitely coached me around that and supported me through so much of that. Yeah, it's an identity and, shift too and like yeah. knowing there's a grief and I think understanding it, this is not just getting what you want is not always just a happy feeling. There is also a grief that comes from letting go of something you worked so hard for. And I know this because I quit a job that I poured so much of my I used to identify myself as my job title. And I think that there's a difference too in like 
having somebody that understands that quitting your job is not just a celebration. It is also a shift. It's like a letting go. It's a grief. And it's a celebration. It's all of the multitude of things. And you've taught me that about honoring the multitude of emotions that can come up. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So Mariela and all of the the folks in Reclam- Reclamation have been so wonderful in being able to hold, help me hold so much of these feelings and experiences as I've shifted. And your last month was, your last month was September, right? Is it? I think. Oh, October. October. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so October was my highest sales month of my tell business. Tell us about it. Ah, tell us about it because I'm so excited. I'm like always so shy. No, you know me. I'm just like, you have to tell the people because it's so amazing. And then I want to ask you about the work that you're going to be doing if you are at liberty to share. Yes. So I think first I want to credit, and I've said I said this on the on the reclamation call last week and I say it any place I can when when people are talking about how do you build your business or community is everything. Yes. I that is how 90% of my clients come to me, whether it's referrals, whether it's I'm in community with them in a certain way, I'm coming in to talk about myself, just being able to be myself and share my views, my passion around this work and my community that has held me and has really been excited about the work that I do. I've been referred so many different times. People have been telling me, I'm referring you here, I'm referring, I'm referring, I'm referring. And it's it's just, it, I feel so held by my community. I feel so supported. And at, at the beginning, there was so much shame and like judgment and like not posting and like not marketing a certain way. But for me, it's been my community that's been like my foundation and my support and my marketing, I guess, my market, one of my marketing tools to be able to grow this business and grow the work that I do. So in that, it was the biggest sales month this month because I got, I signed two contracts with nonprofits to come in and be their somatic support person or coach for their staff or for the groups that, that they're running. And one I had originally put in the information back in 20, I want to say 2021, 2022, from a friend of mine. And this was for a sister circle to help women in like inner city, to help them heal, to help them develop their own self-love and self-worth, to and then to create spaces of change, whether that's through organizing and creating things for their community. And then one of my other reclamation sisters, she Obviously, she's in reclamation. I'm doing my thing. And she's like, I think you would be perfect for our org. Like, we've been wanting to have someone come in and support basically like our first responders that help our survivors of domestic violence or other um, trafficking and different things like that. We need someone to come in and help them as they're navigating the day-to-day stressors when they're dealing with that. Both of them went through. And I also, like... People, when they work with me, it's on average nine months. So the re-signs and people just referrals, all of that. So I had about, I had a 61K sales month in October. Yes. Which was like when I, I, we were actually in person together because you had posted it in Slack the day before and I had had a speaking engagement. So like I I didn't see it. And then I saw you and I was just like, I wanted to cry. (laughs) just remember like I hugged you and was like, you dude, this is amazing. Like it's like validation for me to be like, no, you, this, because when when I think about 61K, right, I'm like, that's 61K of impact that you're going to make on people's lives. It wasn't just one thing. There were different opportunities. You're going to be helping people in organizations. You're going to be helping first responders. You're going to be helping people who like really need that support to be helped because they're also people who are helping other people who, you know, who've gone through trauma. So I just thought it was so beautiful, like, because I'm like, there's no, there's, everyone is deserving, but I'm like, Yudi is so deserving. And like, I'm so happy for people to experience working with you. Thank you. And it was such a full circle moment because I've shared this with you. I worked in the nonprofit world forever. That was majority of my work in my 20s. And I I was so burnt out. I like worked, I was worked and I worked myself to the bone and trying to help my people, my community. And so to be able to do this work in a way that honors my capacity, that I'm being paid like well, and 
I'm able to rest. I'm able to create more space in my, like all of that stuff. I'm like, oh, this feels so nice. Yeah. And it's something that you created. And so I love how that, I think the universe will also show us like full circle moments like that to be like, we're going to return to a, a familiar world, but in something where we've like reclaimed the power and the control and like our autonomy within that versus somebody else like setting those rules and the pay and all of that. So you get to come in and like be the the expert, be the thought leader, like be that person, which I think is 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 beautiful. And that's what happens when other people like we we are sharing our gifts publicly. Like I think that you've been such a great example of your marketing has really just been you sharing your gifts publicly which for you has been sharing clips from your coaching calls as your marketing. Like, you you know, when people go to your Instagram, they hear you coaching, you coaching within programs and one person hearing about you coaching within their program, hearing their experience and then being like, oh, I want you in my program. So it's like people are experiencing you. You are like, how could my community experience me and how I help them? And that is, that's literally been your marketing, which is visibility, but that's been a very UD specific way that you have that that's how people have found you is like, how can I just, in a way, help share my gifts with the world? And in a way, like your magic, taking your magic in private, like with one-on-one and and making it more public. That's how I've seen, you know, you grow. And to put into context, as we talked about this last week on our reclamation call, because I was like, when did you celebrate 100K lifetime? And I think it was like April or like March or April or something. March, April was like 100K lifetime, which as anyone knows who's an entrepreneur, like it's, I would say almost like the hardest part is like building traction at the beginning. We do a lot of experimentation. I think we get a lot of like false expectations set sometimes about like what we can expect. So it's like, you know, it, it takes as long as it takes, right? But you hit 100K lifetime And then the beautiful, crazy part about entrepreneurship is that your trajectory, it doesn't ever make sense. It's not linear, right? So (laughs) in April, it was 100K. And then I was like, Yudi, with a 61K October, I was like, have you hit another 100K since then? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And you totally hadn't even thought about it. And then you're like, wait. And you went on the call and you checked and you were like, oh, yeah, I have. And you just said it in the most (laughs) matter-of-fact way where I was like, so two years for the first 100K, six months for the next how does that feel to you? Or does it still feel like the way that you expected? Because I think sometimes people, it doesn't feel the way that you expected before it happens. Yes. Yes. I think hitting my first 100K, there was a lot of excitement and a lot of like, wow, like I did this. Like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is a big deal. And the blood, sweat and tears I go into just building up to that. I was really surprised that I was like, oh, I hit another 100K in six months. Like that, I feel like there's still a part of me that's in shock. Like, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. So I don't think I've allowed myself to fully like feel into that, to be honest. But I also think it feels matter of fact, because again, it's that feeling of like, I'm held and I feel safe in what I'm doing. And I have the support, the, the, the exact support that I need in this moment. So of course I'm going to be making money. Yeah. It's like maybe a little bit less like what I call like cognitive dissonance, which is essentially like you believing what's actually happening where you're just like, okay, yeah. When you say like very matter of fact, it's I feel like that almost feels like belief, but not surprise, (laughs) maybe not shock. You're just like, okay, no, this makes sense. I'm doing the work. I have the support. I feel safe to continue to call these in. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think that that is also a powerful example of like getting what you wanted or like blowing your own mind somehow, like something that you wouldn't have thought was possible. I think that when you actually feel safe to receive it, it doesn't feel like I feel like your maybe your identity or like your safety is not attached to it. So you're like, okay, I'll I'll accept this. I'm happy about it, but it isn't like a, oh my god, I made it. Because it's like, no, I'm I'm okay no matter what. And I'm also, you know, calling in these clients. And, and so it's like a almost a, that's to me what like healthy, safe detachment feels like mm-hmm. versus like this means something about me, you know, which then kind of feels different. It is I think we can celebrate, but also not attach like who we are or like make that mean anything about the future or, or ourselves. Yes, absolutely. I think when there's... <laughs> And I think it just depends on the person too. But for me, if I were to be so wrapped up in the numbers, like I appreciate the number. I, of course, the income is nice to have, of course, because that's 
you know, I want, I, there's a certain goal that I want for my family, for myself and all of these things. And if that becomes the primary focus, sometimes I can lose sight of like, what's the deeper reason for this or what is, or how can I continue to support my clients? So it's like, no, that's happening. And that's really cool. And I'm so grateful. And again, I just feel so held and supported. And this only gives me more flexibility and more creativity and openness because I feel safe and supported to be able to build out, to be able to to imagine how to better support my clients and my community. Mm. So then would you say then, because I think that this is a general feeling that I get from the members of Reclamation that like income is a is almost felt and revered and seen as a byproduct versus the main focus. And it is a byproduct. But what would you say is like your measure of success that money, the, the income just happens to be the byproduct? But what would you say when you think about like why you're in reclamation, right? Of like, what is your measure of success that we help you with? But it's like how regulated I feel with my business. We're going to talk about more in a little bit, but regulated, I don't ever want to make it seem, especially in, in the nervous system world, there's this ideal of like perfect. Like there, it can feel like there's this perfect way of being or feeling. And I don't think that that's the case. I think everyone's so different and their nervous systems and their sensitivities and all of that is so, is so unique to them. And it's okay to have this like amount of feelings. My standard of success is being able to work on my business in a way that feels like really exciting and hopeful. And, and is that going to be a hundred percent of the time? Probably not. But if it's happening more so than not, that's a win in my book. The ability that I can disconnect and like focus on my family. Like I have dreams and goals of like how I want to interact with my community. And so now that I'm able to have this sense of safety and peace and and felt sense of support in my business, I can think about other things. And I can start to, if I could put in a sentence, is the quality of life. I want my business to revolve around my life versus my life revolve around my business. Yes, I love that. And I think that is something that I have seen like shifted. I think that especially with it depends like in the you know in the coaching world, but it just in in terms of us seeing like when I get to this destination, it's like this destination fatigue or like this destination attachment of I'm going to my life's going to be better and we attach it to an income Whereas how we get there determines so much about like, do we enjoy the ride and our ability to sustain that success even if we receive it? Hearing you kind of talk about like that quality of life and obviously the impact to your community, that income is just an inevitable byproduct of that, but that you are going to enjoy what you're creating along the way and also just not wait for some ideal state because you also have taught us and this is definitely like I'd say something that is like part of the culture of reclamation is like people go through life because life is going to happen but we're not like waiting until we feel better it's kind of like well what do I need right now and sort of embracing all the different ups and downs of being a human versus like seeing it as less ideal because I feel like that's something that is really like false, where it's like, what, wait until I feel better or like negative emotions or positive emotions. And it's like, no, we just like have all of these emotions. And then we decide what we need in that moment to show up for ourselves and show up for our clients and show up for our business, which is really not something that I've really like seen. And that's why I was like, we need to create this because I'm really, especially as a person for me personally, like I felt bad most of the, like bad as a label, right? I didn't feel great most of the time. And so I was like, do I need to? like make myself feel good in order to be okay. And I just, I don't feel that way anymore, you know? Like I actually feel better, but I think you've taught us a lot about the duality of like different situations and like holding space for all different emotions. Yes, and that takes a skill set because I think the in the Western world and how a lot of, especially I, I talk from my experience as first gen and the generation that my parents came from, we don't, have time and we don't have the capacity to hold all these feelings. Get over it. This is bad. Malcriada. Like this is 
we do not even approach that or like we don't want to touch that at all. Smile, be good or swallow it. Don't say anything. That be, So then it's like, oh, obviously our brain's going to be like, okay, good, bad, right? And so unconditioning ourselves from deconditioning, I don't know what the right word is, from that can take time and it's okay. But the more you practice that, you're, the more you're, you're able to hold the duality or the multitude of, of realities in a given moment, that's where it's at because that's what's going to happen in life. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the emotions and even how we learn that it's like, don't cry is something that is told to children a lot or don't be emotional. And it's like, no, it's that's not necessarily the goal is to take your emotions out of it. Your emotions are always going to be part of business. In fact, this is a thing that I've seen myself in being an emotional intelligence coach is that emotions inform our perception or our actions. And so, so much of this is like, we're not going to put our emotions in a box anymore. Like that's part of us like freeing ourselves because like even before working with you, I felt like I didn't know how I felt because I I would say how I felt, but I was telling myself a thought. It wasn't how I felt in my body. And I feel like now I'm like friends with my body. Like I'm friends with like my internal dialogue and like the different parts of me that come up and the different voices and just being kinder to myself in general, you know what I mean? Versus like putting those things, thinking I need to put those things in a box in order to succeed. Like I actually couldn't have done it if I kept on that pattern, you know? Because even then, even then, success feels so conditional. It's like, well, you better keep going. Well, you better top yourself next time. Otherwise, you're not worthy. And it's like, I do not want to live like that. I do not want to grow my business this way. I do not want to live in fear that I'm going to have a bad day or a bad month or like a something and that everything's going to fall apart as a result. I'm like, no, this is not sustainable. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. that that's something that, you know, we really, I want to uphold that as like part of being the culture of reclamation too, is that like we'll have people be like celebrating how they showed up to hard things, not just like income goals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then that's been so beautiful to see. There's so many people, even right now, given what's going on in the world, giving their own personal, you know, struggles, they're having a hard time. They're having a hard time. Yeah. And we've had calls just about that last week. That was our call was like, let's you were even like, hey, should we have a call and just talk about like processing emotion about like what's happening in the world and grief and anxiety? And I'm just like, yeah, like we need that because like how some days it's like it's hard to just show up to a call and just talk business. I, I feel like having this community aspect of like, how is everybody feeling? What do you need from the community right now is just so important because like a lot of us have felt grief, anxiety, anger and like being able to like collectively bring that to the group is just yeah and so and what a beautiful thing it has been for for a lot of us to be able to hold again the duality and the multitude of of situations like being able to grieve and cry and be anxious and figure out okay well what is it that i need right now to support me in this moment and still work on my business right and and i know we've had conversations around like okay well this is happening, but things are happening in my business as well. Which ones are being informed by the dysregulation or the activation and which ones like really need to be the things that I do, like the next steps that I do in my business. And also I think there is like this deep sense of trust where it's like when we ask these questions to folks, people usually are like, yeah, okay. They're willing to receive and they're willing to try things on. And it's not a dismissive for like a power over kind of dynamic. It's like, no, like, what about this? Or have you thought about this? Or like, have you tried this? Everyone's so willing to talk through, to feel into. And usually what ends up happening is they'll come on the other side of it and say, okay, like, God, this was hard, but then I know what I need to do for myself. And I know what I need to do for my business. I'm curious, like, what has your experience been in reclamation as far as like you're you're a client in it you're a member of it but because you've also been helping people like with bringing awareness to their nervous system states and how to support themselves how have you witnessed them maybe reacting differently or or changing or just even like their the language that they use to describe what's going on i think the biggest thing is the times where they get activated or triggered or you know have a big emotion come in to the time where they're able to make a decision or process or whatever has gotten quicker. That's like a big thing that I noticed. Something that if they felt a certain way, they were probably going to be there for a month, a week, 
And I know there's a few clients that I'm talking about from like whether they were in other programs or they were just kind of chugging along where they would stay like, no, I would stay here probably for months at a time or like weeks at a time. So for them to go from months to days or even like a week or two, like that is huge. That's such a huge win. And that's such a good example to show what that actually looks like real time is like you still get to be a human and process or grieve or be angry or feel self-doubt or whatever. But like you're almost like your your bounce back processing time can be shorter. And then you come back with like more self-trust, more clarity, more compassion which is important. That's also what I wanted to center those wins as well, because I think those are so important. Yes. And I think also getting to know your core traumas or things that you need to, you need to heal. I think there's been a lot of conversations around that, like, oh, I'm noticing this specific part of me keeps on coming up. So I'm doing work in therapy. I'm doing da 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 you know, to heal like that. So getting clear on like, oh, okay. This little part still needs and a lot of time, but like more of attention. I feel like mm-hmm. noticing the parts versus believing them is just like that's huge in itself. Where it's like there's a part of you that's tugging and being like, "Am I safe?" And there's another part that comes and talks to that part. Like that in itself is like you're not striving to not feel the doubt. Because for example, this this happened recently, or this is just such a perfect example of like some folks will ask for coaching, and it has to do with like calling in an opportunity that they feel like the odd one out because they feel imposter syndrome or whatever of being a part of it. And so rather than being like positive talking over them, it's like, what is this part? Is I remember you said this to someone recently where it's like, this part is just like a bid for feeling safe, right? And so you just... How do you how do you develop the skill of being in dialogue with yourself when you actually get the thing that scares you? And I think that that's important. Mm-hmm. Because then when you're able to identify, oh, this part just needs validation. This part needs to be shown this or experience this. Then you're in relationship with yourself. You're in relationship with like what is actually needed versus what you think you should do or how you should feel or whatever. And so then there's less tension. There's more a sense of peace, of groundedness, of understanding and self-care and love for yourself. Yeah. I think with that, I would love to hear you, because we've talked about like nervous system and feeling safe and all of that. Can you tell us a little bit about like, what is our nervous system and how does it affect our lives? Yes. Okay. Little nervous system 101. So when I talk about the nervous system, I am talking about the sympathetic and the autonomic nervous system. I want you to imagine them almost like a lot of them get their their information through our brain, but also through the vagus nerve. So it's a nerve. It's kind of like it has tentacles that go from the bottom of your brain into your heart, your stomach, your gut, even into your into your hip area. These are what a lot of people describe as like spidey senses. So they're always picking up on like what's what's going on around me. Am I safe? Is this okay? Like, and a lot all of this information is being assessed in your brain in milliseconds. Like you don't even really think about it. Yeah. Would you also say like gut reaction when people say like gut reaction? It's like this is how your body gives you information. Yes. Right. And so why is that important, or why do I? center that in my work it's because that information that you're gathering from that sense those senses in your body it's called afferent data and that is taking up six like about 60 to 70 percent of the information that you're getting from the, the space from an interaction or whatever it's coming from your body to your brain to inform and then the other 30, 40% goes from your brain to your body. And so, That's so interesting when people overthink, it's like you're thinking of like, we're, we're used to getting, ma- making decisions in our heads and we don't consult with our bodies, even though the majority of information comes from yes, our bodies. Exactly. And so when you're able to decipher and to understand like, oh, what are the different signals that my body is giving me regarding different decisions, regarding different interactions? It's probably going to give you insight into trauma or into different uh, life experiences that you've had because our body and our brain are constantly wanting to kind of stay in the same place that they've always been because that's very easy. It's like, we know what to do here. We know this dynamic. Like, let's just stay here. And it uses up less energy. And so they're always going to try to keep you in the same place. 
So growth and shifting the way that you are thinking, whatever, it takes time. It takes it takes energy and it takes intentionality. That makes sense. It's not just mind over matter. So it's like when you get when you hear people being like, I know what to do, or I've gotten the strategy or I've gotten the steps and like somehow they avoid it or they whatever this is, it's like your body, of course, is going to keep you safe because it's not interested in like growth. It's interested in like helping you just stay alive, I guess, you know, which is which is what you've done in the past is the most safe, even if the past was was painful, like it's just going to want to repeat, which makes sense. An example would be or, or actually before I go there. So the way that you're especially if you're being triggered, there's a trauma trigger or there's something that you're deviating too much from the norm. Usually your body is going to give you feelings, emotions, feelings, emotions, and sensations and thoughts. And sometimes it comes through in thoughts as well. And they're going even critical to... thoughts can be self-protective. It's like critical thoughts are basically like, I don't think we're safe. So these I'm going to say these words to yes. you because I don't think we're exactly. safe. And not that it's true. Yes. Right. Exactly. To try to either avoid in interacting like a very like a traumatic experience again, or to just keep you in the same place because that's what it knows. And so you being able to learn how to decipher and to learn those reactions. And to support yourself as you're having those reactions to get you to a place where you actually do feel like a real sense of safety, which means like you don't feel threatened, like your life being threatened and there's a connection to yourself and others. That's where you make a line decision. That's where you feel your most authentic and at peace. Even when you think about the brain, like your full brain is on because when we are activated, when we are in these really highly intense emotions, which in the nervous system world, like fight or flight or freeze and shut down, your body's all about trying to help you survive. So literally a part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex is offline because it's just trying to help you survive. So that's why a lot of people, they're like, well, I don't have, I'm not creative or, oh my God, like, it's just because you don't feel safe to, yeah, to, to actually go it. there and to, yeah. What it makes me think about is like, if you think about growth being a bear and you're scared of the bear, you either your heart will race and you'll run or some people will freeze. And I feel like when we are growing a business, there's just always a bear. And so it's like, how do you, how do you take the actions when the bear is like imminent? And then just when you're comfortable with the bear, a bigger bear comes because you're like, oh, well now this is comfortable. So like, what's my next growth zone? So it's like, people don't realize like, we're choosing a path that's intentionally going to trigger us and, and challenge us. So, you know, like it does become a necessary skill set to be like, how do I keep finding safety that doesn't rely on me being like in like fight or flight, thinking everything is urgent or everything is important or everything's the end of the world or just shutting down until you feel better. And that may take months. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And so then in that, we I introduced parts work. So that's from in from internal family systems. So parts work, I know there's like a very intricate kind of process that they have. I just I'm like, it's different parts, like however you want to name is. them is fine. Yeah, because you've said to me, like, what part of you is showing up right now? And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's the part of me that got criticized as a child, or it's the part of me that, you know, was felt abandonment, and this part's showing up and like being like, wait a minute, is this going to happen again? And so it is, it's just like we all are multiple parts of ourselves at any given time and different parts of us will show up depending on which one's being awakened yes, in the situation. Right. Because it's like, oh, this situation is very similar to when I got abandoned. So the abandoned part's like, my turn. Are we okay? Let me send you these feelings. <laughs> Let me send you these thoughts. And are we okay? Like, yes. do we need to get out of here? Yeah. Or do we need to stop this before they leave us or something? It's like, maybe we need to not do this because, you know, it's like, it'll come up in all kinds of ways. Yes. And so being able to know when that comes up, how that shows up, what are the best ways to support yourself and to ask for support is life changing because then you're able to have this dialogue and relationship with these parts without shaming, without criticizing, without feeling bad for yourself. It's like, no, this is just a part that's coming up because it's trying to protect me. Or this is, and that's it. That's literally all it is. And so then there's just this deep sense of understanding and again, safety. And we've seen, right, in, in, in all, of the, all of this work, how like the members of Reclamation have been really 
just kind of doing things. They're like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing that. We're do-. and and it's not like they didn't they didn't need necessarily more strategy. It was like they just needed to feel safe to be able to do that. And they'll come to me a lot of the times, like even just on our call yesterday, where I was like, look at all the ideas that came from the group and they all are, they've already done it. It would be like, oh, this person had an idea and they literally already put the invitation out. I think like Rosa and Lorraine yesterday both had ideas and they're like, it's already done. Danny, same, had an idea recently and it's like, it's already done. This is the thing is like, I don't expect people to come and be like, you know, like, should I do this or should I do that? I'm like, ask me, you can ask me your thoughts. But like, ultimately, like the most important thing is carving out a path from you to you. And and I consider that my way of like creating leadership, like helping you access your own leadership versus permission, because you don't need anybody's permission. And this is how businesses wind up looking different. And I don't create carbon copies of people because it's all coming from you and your own, you know, ideas. And always feeling safe to bring stuff to like the group. Even if you do something that maybe I would have done differently, it's like never a wrong thing. So I feel like that's a real example of like just accessing your own creativity or being like, hey, I had a really hard time or I, I self-coached. I spoke with this person. I regulated my nervous system and like I, I feel like I'm good now and this is what I've done since. It's just like there's so much action, compassion, creativity, ideas coming from the group. Yeah. With that, I wanted to ask you, what are some like examples of like that you've seen in the clients that you've served in terms of like before and after? So people that are listening are like, what might this look like in my life? Maybe even if you think about like entrepreneurs that you've worked with, like what was kind of happening before? What were they able to do as a result? Mm -hmm. I have a client. We had such a beautiful session like two days ago where fight or flight was kind of their comfort zone so it was always like okay are things okay or do I need to do more like the business was always on their mind or there's like this sense of like I have to do this or I don't know if everyone's okay like there's that you're just always kind of on guard yeah there's like this feeling of like being on guard or just on just to make sure that if there's ever an issue like okay I got it or trying to even prevent you know tension or issues or conflict or whatever and so working together, we got, we identified the parts that were coming up. It's beautiful because like with time, you're able to kind of go deeper and deeper with each part. So it's like, first you meet the part and it's like, okay, you're here. All right. And then you're like, all right, you're here again. Okay. Like, let me sit more with you. All right. You're here again. Okay. What needs to, what, like, what needs to be felt? And there was a session that we had where like, cause the way that she was talking to me and this has happened with you too, where you're like, I don't have words. I don't have words to describe what's happening, like what I'm feeling. And I'm like, we don't need words. We just need to feel. And like giving that space to be like feel and like be held in that feeling. The day after she's like, I just feel so I've released. Like I just feel so light. There's this sense of relief and release of oh, I was like really like in a hard place. And instead of trying to overcome it or like work my way around it or prevent, like I actually let myself fall apart and just kind of let it all out to be held. And it was beautiful because because of the work that, that she's been doing, it's been like she strengthened her positive thoughts, her compassion. So as she was like in that pain and in the feeling and the processing, those parts came in and like, were like holding her too. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. It makes me think actually about like how, so you're, you're noticing almost like these parts that are supportive, there's like more space for them to show up and, and hold you. One thing that I wanted to ask you about was, so you and I were just talking about how in supporting folks in reclamation with their nervous system, how we've got the freeze state, then like I'd say maybe in the middle is like safe and social, what we consider safe and social. And then, uh, you know, then there's fight or flight. And that the goal is never be safe and social all the time. We couldn't survive if we didn't have the other states. But it's that to the goal is to expand how often you feel safe and social. Like how often do you feel safe? You shared a stat with me yesterday because you have been tracking this and you're tracking this in Reclamation as well in terms of people kind of reporting how they're feeling and trying to expand, almost like expand a window of tolerance so that you just feel this way most of the time. What's tell me about the stat and like the connection you've seen with safe and social and ability to, you know, take action in business or just take action that's growth related or scary. Yes. So when people, I have found when people feel at, at least half the time or more safe and supported, 
by themselves and by their community when working on their business or even thinking about their business. They take action a lot quicker. They feel excited about growth. They are, you know, doing what it, whatever it is that they need to do to, you know, achieve their business goals. If they're anywhere less than that, it feels almost like a chore. Like it feels like heaviness. It feels like like there's something that's almost insurmountable. And so guess what? Then you don't take action because it just feels like a lot of work. And it feels like a lot of work because your nervous system, your body is letting you know, this is not safe for us yet. So we're going to make you feel like this is a lot of work. And that's incredible because when you think that's a direct, like now you're able to measure it, see it and and have people be aware of what ner- like state that they're in because it makes sense. Because I, before working with you, I were to estimate, I feel like I felt okay, maybe 20% of the time. But I think most of the time I felt in my fight or flight because that's what I was used to being hypervigilant and doing more and kind of being on guard that I basically waited for that 20% to come around for me to post or for me to make decisions or for me to. And that is exhausting because I'm like, imagine how much I'm asking myself to do in this very narrow window that why would I sit and rest and go do something for myself? I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel good. I need to do everything. I need to go on stories. I need to write. I need to. And that's a lot because then you're just taxing yourself when you feel good because you and then it's this feeling of like it's it's like you don't have food and then the food is there and you're like oh my gosh like i'm never going to get this again like it, that, that's how it felt it was like so yeah i think that that is so amazing and the fact that we're like now we're we're tracking this in the program that we can really see how this is impacting people's day to days you recently sent out like a midway check-in survey in the program and then we're going to do a 21 day practice a 21 day group practice to practice supporting our different nervous system states and then doing another check-in at the end of reclamation so we can see how people's like window of tolerance has expanded which i'm like so excited about because we're really like teaching people a new skill set that they'll always have. For anything, for anything. So right now we're focused on business, but you can do this with anything in your life. Yeah, because this could be like a family member or interaction or something that feels very like activating to you. To kind of like close out from that client, because I think people, like you mentioned, and I was like, oh, let me say this. So she went from feeling like so activated to be able to like really feel safe to process what she needs to process and release and and be supportive of herself and from and be supported by others that like rest feels regenerative now like she's able to pause like she's able to go inward she's able to kind of take it a lot slower and not feel scared about it she's able to trust herself more she's able like it's just been amazing to witness it really has I, I love that you mentioned feeling safe, that rest feels regenerative because I can definitely say that I've seen this a lot as a coach and I've experienced it personally around I always feel exhausted. And then even if I slept a lot, you, you still feel like that's not necessarily the rest. You you probably need physical rest, but it's also the amount of work that your body is going through to keep you on guard, that it's almost like leaving a car running 24-7 even when it's not driving. And that's why you feel like you wake up in the morning and it's like, why is the fuel tank so low? It's because you never turn the car off because your nervous system is constantly on guard. And so everything feels harder. Like that's definitely, I can resonate with that so much. With that, I was wondering like, is there anything that I didn't ask you or that you want people to know that you haven't shared already? Yeah. I think a big thing is that there's nothing wrong with you the way that you are experiencing life and how you're running your business, if it's feeling like very overwhelming, like there's a reason behind that. And a lot of the time, and we talk about this a lot too, me and Mariela, sometimes it's not even yours. It's intergenerational kind of burdens that that you're experiencing or that you're continuing on because back in your grandma's time or your mom's or your elders, things didn't feel safe, especially as, as, I think about me as like a Mexican woman, like doing what I'm doing. I couldn't do this like 50 years ago in Mexico. No. So my nervous system remembers that. And so of course there's going to be the, the sense of like, like, I don't know if it's okay for me to say this or to show up or to be, and like honoring that, that even though that was a survival mechanism and it's still showing up, there is a possibility to shift. There's a possibility to, do things differently. But what I found 
is that when you do it in a way that's super compassionate and caring for yourself, it's way more effective than when you're trying to push or force something. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that the, there's nothing wrong with you. Everything makes sense. Like that validation is so important. You just, you kind of just reminded me like how much validation of why does this make sense is so life-changing because it was for me because I think so much of it before was like, how could I get myself to be different? How can I get myself to feel better? And there was almost this like, something's wrong with me was like a, con- a continuous thought. And it's almost like, understanding why those reactions make sense has is absolutely life-changing. And I think about how business requires us to do things that many things that feel unsafe, especially I'd say as people of color, of like using your voice and having an opinion and letting people see you and taking risks that can feel very activating. So just knowing that and working through that with you has been life-changing. So I think in closing out, I wanted to ask you, how are you currently working with clients? And like, what do you have coming up for people to be able to work with you? So I am still taking one-on-one clients, probably to start in the new year. So this is going to air December of 2023. So to start in the new year, if working one-on-one feels like all of this work that I that we talked about feels in alignment and you want to get support around nervous system and just connecting and understanding your body's cues and actually being able to act on the things that you want to do in your business while feeling at peace and supported one-on-one work. But also I'm going to be launching a uh, new group program that's going to start in early March and it's going to be my first group program. And it's going to be also for entrepreneurs And it's for the entrepreneur that has kind of done a lot of trainings, a lot of courses, a lot of just, you you have the strategy for the most part, like what you need to do, but there's still something that feels like there is this lack of alignment for actually getting yourself to do the thing and actually doing the thing. And also those that just want to develop more self-trust, want to develop more connection to themselves to actually build the business that is best for you. Because there's so many ideas and and thoughts around, well, my business should look this way. And so really connecting to your inner wisdom to build the business, to to focus on your strengths, to on your brilliance and creating the business in a way that feels really exciting and supportive. I that's that's the entrepreneur for the for the group program. Yes, I love that so much. And I feel like this is many entrepreneurs too have like, they'll worked with business coaches, they've done mindset work, or maybe they've done talk therapy and like all of these things. And I think it's like the I, I can see how many folks are like, okay, I've, I've done these things. And now I know that I actually want to build a better relationship with myself. Like as I grow my business, I want this to feel more peaceful. I want this to feel exciting. I want to even like we've, you and I have talked about intuition, that it's like feeling like the path to intuition is also through your body, you know? So I'm so excited for this group. I will tell everybody as long as they will like listen how much this work changed my life and how I could not have been here without it. And it really, really is life changing. And so I'm so grateful to, you know, not just have you in Reclamation as a member, but for you to also be a support system within it, to have you be in the program next year to have you with us in Mexico City. Like we still have to talk about that, but I was like, oh my gosh, can we do a session there and figure out like what would be best for everybody? But I think like experiencing you in person, like I just can't wait. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and in every way like possible. And I'm just, I'm celebrating you and everything that you've done. I'm just, I'm just so excited for next year and to see everything that you're going to do. Thank you. I, I received that. Thank you. And I'm so grateful for you for your leadership and taking this step to create reclamation and to more and more be yourself and like bring yourself into the world and your work like it's just such a beautiful testament of what's possible so thank you i appreciate you thank you for seeing me and i am going to link yudi's information social media everything in the show notes so reach out to her whatever resonated and yes please share this episode if things resonated just you know we would love to hear from you and yes that's it thank you so much for being with us thank you
Now, if you have listened to this entire episode and you are thinking about working with me as your one-on-one mentor for six months, you can learn more and apply at marielladelamora.com. There you'll find dozens of client success stories from business to leadership coaching, which will give you an idea of what you can expect, the range of clients I work with, and my coaching style.